Buenos noches, amigos. Are you saying that just because you're wearing a poncho? This a is, little bit racist. This is ethnic. That's super racist. <laughs> you said you were cold. It was the closest so warm cold. Thing. I'm wearing leggings, and that's it. That's leggings and a poncho. <laughs> that's that's an image for our listeners. <laughs> it's audio only still. Yeah, the uh, image in their head. Yeah. Um. I am wearing a Harry Potter sweater and fleece. Shocking. Fleece sweatpants, so I am mm -hmm. warm. Do you want any of my cranberries? No. Do you want to tell the people about your the next um, Ponzi scheme you're going to start? Raw cranberries coming to a ship-to-home ordering <laughs> thing soon. It's your new diet, right? you got to work on that pitch. <laughs> it's your you new diet. You zap them in the microwave for 30 seconds. They're warm. And then they cool down again. Ew. Cranberries. Rawcranberry.com. I'm going to buy it. Preheated. <laughs> mochi cranberries in just lukewarm mm. water. And, and you just, just eat them straight. They just make your mouth go, ooh. And then you don't want to eat anything ooh. ever again? They're great for my throat. Great for acid reflux. Great for the mind. They're essential cranberries, I would call them. Mindful. Mindful essential oil cranberries. Just throwing out keywords. Yeah. Your face when you eat them is kind of like the face of um, <laughs> my students when I let them try tonic water this week. Mm. That's a similar face. Where you bite into it, you're like, oh, and then you're like, ooh. ooh. Yeah. Um, so does it does it make you not want to eat? Like when you have a snack, you eat these, and you're like, ooh, food Well, once I've had gross. my cranberries, that's it for the day. <laughs> I have them as the last, my last meal every day. That's it. That's If you die in your sleep, that's what you want to be the last thing you eat. <laughs> it's just lukewarm, wet cranberries. <laughs> just damp berries. That's your last meal. <laughs> um, contrary to what you might believe, that was not the topic of our episode today. It's just the cranberry diet. Mm. Um, you look like a little squirrel. Thank you. Um, what are we talking about today? Um, Were let's talk about what happened last night. We'll talk about that. I mean, I've been kind of on edge all, all month because you, you were in an Outlander reading segment for a while. Oh, Outlander raging I segment. I don't like Outlander, Heather. <laughs> I didn't marry Outlander, Heather. I did not. <laughs> I didn't marry someone whose second favorite color is orange. Okay. That's garbage. You don't even know my favorite it's colors. It's yellow. I've never liked yellow. <laughs> yes. You had the yellow shirts in high school. You they were the only ones that fit. M&Ms. That was because I was a virgin. <laughs> they were all my worst qualities. Yellow is like I my least favorite color. I fell in love with color. someone whose favorite color was yellow. I've been misled. Okay. You're ne and <laughs> I can put you on the record. You said you are never reading another Outlander book ever again. That's on record in my... Um, Messages to Elizabeth as well. Okay. Friend of the show. <sighs> Friend of the show. Former guest of the show. Multiple. Um, so yeah, I got show. so much to talk about, but very briefly. Is that all you're going to say about Outlander? Was that you just Oh yeah, no. Right tell me? the people. Go on your Outlander rant. Sure. <sighs> I don't know if I've got it in me today. Whew. So I finally read the fourth book in the Outlander series. All A of Boat the... of Swift Seas. That's what it's called? <laughs> Drums of Autumn. Um, and yes, there were too many boat scenes. Um... Some very confusing time travel where he, like, saved his relative, but it didn't really make any sense. Um, yeah, so I I knew the fourth season was coming out soon about Land of the TV show. 
Wait, so are they more consistent than Game of Thrones? Is one season a book? Yes. Oh. Pretty much. Which has its problems because a shit ton happens in these books and a lot of it's back to back to back. It's like they get shipwrecked and then they like escape being killed from someone and then they almost get killed again and then they're on another on another ship that gets attacked. Like it's in like one episode. Yeah. Because like the books are thousand like over a thousand pages long yeah, and they have to fit it into right ten medium. episodes. Yeah. Doesn't um, translate. Can't. It does translate decently in, ter in terms of the visuals and the characters and stuff, but, like, just all the plot points and the pace. Does the pace doesn't necessarily translate mm. to TV because it doesn't have, like, one climax per hundred pages or whatever it would have yep. to be to match up. Well, there's a lot more climaxes than there that. There are more than that climaxes. But, so, I finally finished watching the third season of the TV show. Yeah. And then had bought the fourth book ages ago at like a used book place for like four dollars or something, so that I could read the fourth book before the fourth T V series came out. Yeah. Season. What country man? Oh. So anyway, I finally finished the third uh season of the T V show and I wanted to read the fourth book before I got spoiled by the T V show. Sure. Um all this to say I should have just watched the TV show yeah. and not read the book because yeah. it made me so Fork fucking angry. There was this Oof. one character, not there's this, this character Roger in the third book who and who was like kind of like nice to Brianna, who's Jamie and Claire's daughter, and Maybe he problem. helps he helps look up stuff about what happened because he's like a historian and he helps Claire go back through the stones. And seems like just like a, a nice dude, like family friend kind of thing. And then there's like a flirtation thing going on with Brianna. Mm -hmm. um, and then in this book, he just turns into this like abusive, toxic masculinity character. That's awful. Like he keeps trying to sleep with her. And then like whenever they get close, like backs off. And then when they're finally about to, he's like, will you marry me? And she's like, uh, no. Like, mm. I don't even know if I want to get married with everything that happened with my parents and whatever. Um, and he was like, oh, so you'll fuck me, but you won't marry me? And, like, gets really pissed, runs off. Mm. Um, kind of sits on it for a while. And then she goes back in time and he chases her back through time to... And when he finds her, he then... They don't even resolve any of their issues. And he mm. just asks again, will she marry him? And she says, yes, yeah, she's ready this time. And they do this hand fasting thing, basically being like promise ring style without the rings. Just being like, uh -huh. we're holding hands and saying I do. Until uh, they get married, they're going to hold hands? No, that's like a like a promise ring situation where like okay. they like make a promise, but it's not in front of like a judge or a priest okay. or anything. Blood brothers. And then they have sex like a bunch of times in a barn. Mm. Um, and talks about a lot about how sweaty they both are and gross because they've been, mm. like, back in time. He's just gotten off a ship, obviously. Of course. Um, Did they do it on a ship at one point? No. Mm. Um, that's the one place that's still uh, she, sacred for them. She, I won't even talk about what happens to her on a ship. Mm. It's not with him, though. Um, under, so, under, under the ship? So then, like... He, she finds out that he lied to her about what happens to her parents uh, in the past, and it's admits that he kept it from her because he knew she would be mad and that she would leave him if he told her. Seems like a real keeper. And a real, there's a real long scene about how much he wants to beat her, and if he was from the 17, 1700s, he would take pleasure in beating her, but hmm. since he's from the 1900s, he won't, but he wishes he was from the 1700s so he could abuse her. Jeez. And it just gets worse from there. Like, the, the sex scenes are really terrible mm. with them. Like, 
just awful. He like says in a couple parts that he knows he's hurting her, but he keeps going. And it's not the right series for you, huh? I don't. I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is. There's something about it, some sort of vibe mm. in it. You've never that, been like, able to explain it. No, that like makes me want to read more of it. But I just get so frustrated with some of it. And this is not the... There's a lot of problematic stuff in this book as it was about slavery and Native Americans mm. and um, plenty of other issues that I have with it. But man, this the way that like it glorified this horribly toxic, abusive relationship. And then like the second half of the book is all about like them reuniting and making sure they find each other and... Yeah. That's it. Okay. So we had that going on in the last that was couple of weeks. Like last week. Yeah. And yesterday took a weird turn last night. Started with Jeopardy. Couple days Jeopardy, ago. Yeah, a couple days ago. The Jeopardy answer was uh you know, this person This no, this film got the highest like the highest amount paid for this film mm -hmm. per second or something. Per frame. Per yeah. frame, yeah. Right, and it gave the year of when the sale happened or something. In 1963 or whatever. Yeah. So the and I was like, fuck, who would know this? And you were like... Instantly. What is Zipruder or who is Zipruder? And I was like, Zip Recruiter? What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, that name meant nothing to you. Absolutely nothing. Never even What did you know before. about JFK's assassination? The grassy knoll. Did you know what happened, like, during a... In Dallas, in a parade, parade in an open car. Yeah. And then there was a building, and then uh -huh. there was a grassy knoll. Yeah. Um, and then he got shot. Yeah. You had never seen any of the footage. No, and I wish I hadn't. I'm scarred by it. Yeah, you should be. I wish I hadn't. It looks faked. So, yeah, we went down a bit of a rabbit hole. A conspiracy we didn't, we didn't rabbit click hole. on too many We're conspiracy We're not even videos. those people, though. Conspiracy people. Uh, I don't even like mysteries. I don't like Serial, the podcast. Yeah. I don't like any of that. Why are you saying, uh, I've, I, yeah. Okay. You are a conspiracy theorist deep uh, down at heart. Deep I mean, down at heart, I mean, I like, think, you're probably. descended from a conspiracy yeah. theorist. True. So it's somewhere in, within you. Yeah. The actual conspiracy elements of JFK don't really interest me that much. His head exploded. Yeah. Like, blood gushed up, and, like, pieces of his brain fell in the back of the car. Yeah, it's just a very odd sequence of that film, because I, I had forgotten that he got shot multiple times. I didn't know. His head got blown off. Yeah. I think maybe in whatever I saw it in school, they, like, stopped it before oh, the head blowing off one, and you just kind of see him slumped over, Leaning, and you're like, yeah. oh, then they bring him to the hospital. Maybe, like, like Time Magazine, maybe they just took frame 133 out yeah. when I saw it in school. The maybe PG. they showed, like, the PG version of it. 313, yeah. Whatever. I had, the, I had the letters, the yeah. numbers right. So, yeah. We, is, we, is, dis, is it also called hmm. dyslexia if it's numbers? Probably. I don't think so. This isn't dis letters? Or Lexia Lex is. is letters. Sorry. <laughs> you were just dyslexic about that. Oh, <laughs> um, it's true. Lexicon. So is dis... How do you say number... This digif this, this I doubt it's that. This, this digia? Um anyway. You didn't know that Lee Harvey Oswald had been shot two days later? I think I knew that he like died before he testified, but I yeah. also did not know. I knew like Jackie Ruby uh, Jack Ruby. I knew that name. Yeah. And I knew that like he That's the video that almost creeps me out more. Like there's so many press reporters and like this guy just comes up and is like bang bang. I don't like that one because you like Someone took that photo of the moment that he dies. Yeah. 
Like, literally, like, his moment of death is, mm. like, on a headline of a Still newspaper frame. somewhere. It's terrible. Like, you just see him die. Mm. So that got us into the Christmas spirit, for sure. Yeah, what the fuck? Hmm. It's your fault. Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. It's your fault. We've been learning a lot of Jeopardy. You didn't know who Frida Kahlo was, mm -hmm. and I'm still upset about it. Um, also, I have to tell you that... What? I finished my first Netflix series without you. What did you watch? You're watched... such a sneaky TV watcher. <laughs> I never know what's, what you're watching. I watched Maniac. I never know what you're doing in there. Mom! <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> I watched Maniac, which that? I was pretty sure you weren't going to want to watch. It is Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, Netflix original series. Animaniacs. No. It is... It is um, Inception mixed with um, Sense8 and, the, le Sense8. and the Leftovers. You hate Sense8 and The Leftovers is your least favorite show of all time. Yeah, it wasn't, this was not that good. Okay. Um, it also had... I thought you've never seen Inception. Huh? I love Inception. What? The movie about dreams? Yeah. I've seen it like a hundred times. A hundred times? Yes! You love it? Yes, I Actively own it on Blu-ray. It's it? one of two movies I own on Blu-ray. What? Yeah. Man, none of this was in the marriage contract. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you love it that much, though? I thought you just casually watched it on TV sometimes. No. It's... It's my favorite Nolan flick. It's better than The Dark Knight. I said it. Hot take. Um, right. So yeah, this is like a real bad c cover cover recording of Inception. Okay. Um, who's the guy from The Leftovers? What's his face? Almost married Jennifer Aniston. Uh, oh, I just had it. Justin Thoreau. Yeah, yeah. He's right? in it as well, which adds to the leftovers Yikes. vibe. I was loaded! Who's that guy? <laughs> that's, that's Mark <laughs> Benefer from Flash Forward. Um, so, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. The coolest part about the show was the world that the director built. Okay. Nine out of the ten episodes take place inside a medical uh, testing facility. Okay. But the first episode does not. Like, the first one and a half, I guess, kind of. And the funniest part, it's like a weird comedy. Okay. Um, but the funniest part about this kind of dystopic version of America is that they have what dystopian? are they called? Dystopic. It's not a word. Pretty sure it is. Okay. Um, is that they have this system called Ad Buddies, where if you can't pay for something, you can get a credit for it by having some random person come around and read advertisements to you. Like on the subway train or in or in your car, they'll sit next to you and read advertisements to you, because then at least there's a higher chance that you're actually listening. Subliminal messaging. Yeah, so that was kind of clever, uh, but yeah, the bulk of the show takes place inside this medical facility, which Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are doing just to make money, basically. It almost sounds like that one that you hated where the girl was inside the medical facility and then had to break out, but then you're like, why oh, did she break book? out? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Um, so yeah, they both went in willingly and they're both kind of like mentally unstable. Their back stories are kind of meh. And then like four out of the five, four out of the ten episodes are like dream sequences. So that's like the inception part. Okay. Like they both end up filtering into each other's dreams. There's one sequence about a lemur that got stolen. What? 
There's another one where they're, they're in the 1940s and they're husband and wife. So it goes like in really, really weird Are directions. Are they always together? Is it like... Sort of. So there's like a superhuman computer that Justin Thoreau's character uh, created and it's become self-aware and it has become emotional and so now it wants to keep these two together okay. because it, maybe it thinks that they're soulmates or something. So there's a lot of interesting ideas and stuff, um, but it just never really came together and to wow me, I guess. Okay. Jonah Hill was pretty good in it. Like, I usually don't like him doing his pure dramatic... Like, I don't think he's ever actually done a pure dramatic role. Like, even Moneyball, he was still trying to be funny. Even in yeah, he's Wolf of Wall Street, he's still he's funny. Even in, in his the, dramatic like the, roles. The laughing stock of Yeah. Him. So he was pretty good overall. Emma Stone doesn't always do it for me. It like feels, La La Land. It feels like, to me, she's always trying to act... So that, to hide how rich and famous she is, like, it always just feels like she's acting too hard to not be rich and famous. Yeah. It's like, you're like rich. She's not acting like herself. Like, yeah. she's trying to, like, look at me, woe is me, I'm poor. Yeah. Help me, I'm poor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my very uncoordinated review of that show. Okay. You're it was room temperature take. It was 10, 10 episodes times 40 minutes. So it was a 400-minute movie. Yeah. It just doesn't, like... I don't... The genre doesn't work for me. I don't I know, get I, it. I know. I don't get it. I know. Okay. I've watched a few weird things on Netflix, but I think I'll save it for our next episode. Okay. This has been a very long intro already. Yeah. All right. So do you want... Do you have any... Do you have any good news? Oh, we do good news and bad news. We do. Right? That's why I'm saying it's been a long intro. Um, Evaldi's Four Seasons. Did you hear? No. Back with the Red Sox. Yay! Signed a deal. Four years, I think. Um, Did you hear about the Steph Curry news? <laughs> Do you know who Steph Curry is? Yes. Name two facts about Steph Curry. Golden State Warriors. That's one. Um, his... I was going to accept basketball as well, so... Oh, that should count as two then. <laughs> yeah, it does. Sure. Um, so... He had, he had a lot of points? No, this is about his shoes. No, that was another fact about oh, him. Oh, true. He shoots a lot of three-pointers and gets points. Oh, I just said. Yep. Checkmark. You won. Um, so, I forget what brand his even are, but anyways... Um, oh, I know, I do know this. Yeah. Nike and the girl, no, Under Armour, and the girl wrote Armour, yeah. and was like, why are they only in the boys section? And he had it switched Correct. for her. Yep. And now she gets to go to like all these games and stuff and like all these special events. Because yeah, online they were officially like men's sneakers and boys sneakers. And she well, was like, like, why can't I order these? Like they they fit me, but why do you have to call them boys? That's like in Target when they switched it to just toys instead of boys to toys and girls toys and everyone flipped out and all the like family first people were like, oh, our kids are going to play with Barbies. And I was like, literally nothing changed. They took a yeah. word off the sign. If we hadn't announced it, you wouldn't have even noticed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think so, that's yeah. good, that was a cute I guess. Story. But I also feel like a lot of it was for publicity. Oh, yeah. Because Under Armour gets a lot of negative publicity, um, from me at least, mm. of how much they support trophy hunting of large animals. So it seems a little... Because it was like a handwritten, it was a handwritten note back to the girl, which I I really want to believe that Steph Curry actually wrote it and not the PR team. But the fact but that like no way that it, he got like the PR team manufactured, like they oh yeah they issued they it as a press release. Look at what him. Steph Curry yeah. has done in response to this. There's thing. no way he he opened that letter himself and read it and wrote back like independent of the brand. Well, right, he said that. Once he got the letter from the girl, he wrote in the letter, he said, I went and talked to my people at Under Armour for two days to figure out how to fix this. 
Yes, but somebody handed him but the letter. But day two of that was to figure out how to take advantage of this as a marketing But somebody thing. handed him the letter. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying, yeah. is that the letter didn't just magically, like, Did get dropped off Did you your younger alive life ever write fan mail, physical fan mail? Not even that much younger. Huh? But yes. To whom? <laughs> I don't want to share. Tell me! <laughs> it was obviously in my Glee days. You, you mail something? I wrote a note, <laughs> like a letter that I was going to give to Chris Cole for an offense, and uh-huh. then he stopped like two people before me and didn't come all the way down to me, so then I mailed it to him because I had already written it. This was before you got to meet him at Barnes & Noble? Yes. Got it. Okay. But you like you've never do you have like any compulsive stories in your history? Like you didn't what like you, you didn't like write a letter like every week or something creepy. No. Okay. I wasn't even really into fandoms like that until college, until Glee and mm. Harry Potter to some extent, but that was more with the in- online community than it was sure. like I don't like any of the stars of it necessarily. Now Darren and Leah are together forever. You can ship Stop. them ship them in Stop person. shipping them. Alright, give me some good news. Um did you see the video of the um woman whose son surprised her with tickets to see Michelle Obama? No. First of all that could have been me. Yeah, but we would have been really way up in a giant arena. I didn't think it was worth it. No, and it would have been a long drive. Yeah. And it would have been a stressful. But um he got his mom just out of the blue he got her Michelle Obama's new book and inside had an envelope with tickets to go see her because his mom was working really hard and her husband just died. His dad just died Mm. and she like was trying to keep the family together and unified and um, he just said, thank you, mom. Mm. She cried. It was really lovely. That's delightful. Um, Slightly less delightful, but I was very intrigued by the other night. Did you see any of those ads? There's this like German um, grocery store that has these weird Christmas ads. Mm-mm. One of them was about a man who fakes, like each year I guess they do a kind of out there Christmas you ad. You seek these out. They wasn't targeted ads for you. You weren't suddenly getting German ads. It came up on like a like a story. Uh, sure. Oh, I searched for robot Christmas because I was trying to figure out how to tie in a Christmas film to my curriculum with mm. my kids. And um, there was, the one that came up first was this like robot in this dystopian world who um, kind of like Wally, like sees an old film about Christmas mm-hmm. and then tries to go find a family to celebrate Christmas with. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of cute in like a Wally kind of way. Yeah. Um, but then they, I guess they're known for that. And they had another one that was like this old guy who fakes his own death because none of his um, kids say that they can come home for Christmas. Oh, jeez. Um, so he's Traumatic like, they step. get invited to a funeral and then they mm. get there and he's actually there. And he was like, how else was I going to get you home for Christmas? And then they just have a happy meal. It's a little bit weird. And then there was another one that was basically like showing a bunch of stressed out parents ignoring their children. And it was like, stop shopping and worrying about the perfect gifts and spend time with your kids, mm. which seems like a weird ad for a store. Yeah. But I think the whole point is, like, family time at home. Like, buy food to have a good meal with your kids. Quality time. Instead of worrying about toys and stuff. You've also never seen Apple's 1984 ad, we realized, while you were going to sleep last night. You realize I don't give a shit about that. Oh, gosh. You still don't know who Frida Kahlo is. All right. My last one was the thank you next video. Yeah. You you reached um, into your basicest of basics. I did. I did, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Because all the ex-boyfriends you have in your history, you were just singing to them. Singing to them. What? Stop being so judgy. I'm allowed to <laughs> like a song. 
I like the all, explanation you gave all, me. Tell all me. All the times that you've been locked in a mental facility and had weird trippy dreams with someone. Hmm? But you watched that show anyway. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're flipping it on me. Yeah. Hmm. No, I think that the whole, the reason that the song resonates is that it can apply to anything. Like anything that like you've moved on Ready from. Ready to move on from. Like friends that aren't in your life anymore. Like a job that kind of fucked you over. Like, thank you. Next. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, right. thanks for what I've learned from you, but deuces, I'm out. Deuces. On to the next thing. Peace out? Is that what that yeah. means? Okay. See gotcha. you later. Peace out. Like, I'm on to the next thing. Like, I'm on to bigger and better things. So what know? was the best part of the video? Um, I still don't really totally understand all of the um, movie references. Yeah. I mean, they are all of my generation movie references. It's like mm -hmm. Mean Girls, Bring It On, Legally Blonde, 13 and Going On 30. 30. Um, but... I read some interesting pieces about whether or not those were appropriate films or whether or not the way that she portrayed them was was uh, the best. But it was just fun to watch the video, and mm -hmm. I really liked the song. And also, did you see the Thank You Jeff parody? No. I know you don't like Jeff Goldblum, so I don't think you would mm. enjoy it. No. But it was James Corden and just changed the whole song to Thank You Jeff. And it's this really weird like love anthem to oh Jeff boy. Goldblum, and yeah. it's really strange. But James Corden is is pretty funny in it. Mm -hmm. He's at his best when he's doing some sort of weird singing thing. Usually, generally, I give always. Ariana Grande the most props for that bizarre Titanic thing he convinced her to do. Mm. I thought that was the greatest show of her talent I've ever seen. Yeah, because mm. she stayed in character. She did pretty well with that. Yeah. <sighs> huh. Bad news. Yeah, I got some sad animal news. Oh, Did I you hear these headlines? Sea lions dead from gunshot wounds. Who hunts sea lions from the shore? Who hunts them? They're just dicks and shoot animals. Whew. Like people that shoot people's dogs and stuff? Hmm. And did you hear about the turtles near Cape Cod? No. Washed up shore frozen. Yeah, that happens every year. Why? Yeah. It's the ones that don't make it back down south in time. Or they're if there's thinking, an early cold spell. They're saying that it could be global warming related, though. Probably. Because they thought it was warmer. And they're like, oh, we're fine. We'll chill out up here. We don't have to move. And then they're like, shit, I'm frozen. Possibly. Oh. But that happens. Usually they can rescue them and they rehabilitate them. No, they were dead frozen. Often. Hmm. If they find turtles when it's getting too cold yeah. that are showing signs of shock or hypothermia, they can bring them into the rescue center and rescue them. Um, and the last good news, bad news, your boy Kevin Hart was the Oscars host for like 72 hours, I think. And then people found his homophobic tweets again. And so now, and then he's stepped, stepped back from it now. Okay. So he's not the host. That, is that why I've been seeing a lot of annoying things about like jokes about who should post and stuff? Host, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Golden Globe nominees are out, Grammy nominees are out, and it was like not a great year for... But Darren got a Golden Globe nom. That feels like ages ago. Gianni! Gianni! <laughs> the weirdest one that was... was that Lin-Manuel got... Yes! <laughs> a... Just trusting that the Cockney nomination. accent is going to be on point. Yeah. 
Hmm. At least that's not one of the egoats, right? The G is for Grammy, yeah. not Golden Globe. What What's going to be best picture of the year? What's your Oscar film of the what year? What movies have even come out this year? Hmm. Wait, no, we're, we're rolling again now. Let's just <laughs> recap what you just said. No. We're putting on the Hallmark Channel because we got to, right after we're done recording, we're going to watch another terrible one to talk about for a Christmas episode, <laughs> and to quote my wife, she just said, I kind of hate no, no, no. love said, stories no, for old that's people. That's not what I said. I said I don't really love <laughs> stories about old people falling in love. Yeah. You don't think they deserve happiness. I said I think they do deserve happiness, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. Um... Okay, did you hear about the gender reveal that caused a wildfire in Arizona? Saw the headlines. <laughs> I, I, I knew you would click on them, and so I, I want actually, nothing to do with it. I only saw the stills. I didn't actually click on it. Yeah. Um, but gender, it just feeds into my idea that gender reveals are the worst. Mm. Just don't do it. Okay, can I hit you with these movies real quick? Can I change my bad news? I guess so. Um, do you want to do the movies? No, you go. So I keep getting the sponsored tweet about... Check out, we, we interviewed these top achievers and check, like found out their morning routines and what's the... I'm like, I used to be such a sucker you. for routine articles no. and now I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. You're lying I'm, anyways. You, you, don't, you don't wake up at that time. And I don't want to know. I am never going to be that person and I'm fine with it. I am never going to get up and go to a fucking hour-long spin class, come back and make myself an egg white omelet with avocado and then like put fucking essential oil on my face and let it sit there for 20 minutes while I meditate before work. Fuck you! Oh my... Did you ever watch the... Speaking of James Corden, James Corden goes over to Marky Mark's house? Because did you, did you see I the tweet? Marky Mark, did so you, I would not No, it was that. funny. It no, was funny. No, it wouldn't Because Marky Mark posts his daily his routine and he, he claims he gets up at 2am for his first workout. Or 2.30. That cannot be healthy. So he... What so time does he go to bed? 4 p.m.? James goes over there in the middle of the night and does it with him, and it's pretty funny. No, I just don't even like his face or his voice or anything about him, so... All right. Any other rants? Ooh, look at her outfit. It's cute. One of my other podcasts calls this section Rants and Raves. It's kind of nice. kind of want to steal it. I stole good news and bad news from another podcast. Oh, yeah. Except it was Good Week, Bad Week, and I just changed yeah. it to Good News and Bad News. Any other bad news from you? No, hit me with the movies. This okay. is going to be a long fucking podcast. So, Dramas, A Star is Born. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, no, and I don't want to. Black Panther. Sure. Black Klansman. No, oh, that one looked dumb. Bohemian Rhapsody as your oh, best drama? I don't we'll know get about to that, that another time. And If Beale Street Could Talk, which Never I don't think is out. Now, look at what the next category is called. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Anything above that? Any any two in there? Is a motion picture or a musical or a comedy? Any of those would strike you as a musical? Two of them are musicals. A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody. But those are not in that category. Crazy These Rich Asians is? Comedy, I guess. The Favorite. I have Never not heard, heard of, of it. Green, Green Book. Book. I still want to see that one. Mary Poppins. That doesn't Return. seem like a musical or a comedy. Green Book. Buddy. But best, there's an Oxford comma in there. Best motion picture. Oh, no, there's not. No. Is it best motion picture that's either a musical or a comedy? Or is it best yeah. motion picture, comma, musical or comedy? It has to be one of those two. And Vice, I don't think, is out. Mary is it Thomas a musical because out. he's a musician? That doesn't make any sense. Stars Born is straight up a musical. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, I could see how it would not be a musical. It's just about a musician. <sighs> yeah. But then if that's the case, then Green Book should be up there. It's just terrible. All right. Okay. 
This is going to be a long one. Okay, quick 30-second break for advertisement. Go. All right. BookDigitsB-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. You can sign up for an account. You can track your to-read list. You can see how you're doing your reading goal for the year. How are you doing on yours, babe? Uh, five to go. Three weeks left. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. I am in a similar position. I did just read a graphic novel to help me out a little bit. I have three books to go. I'm still one book ahead of schedule, supposedly. I'm at 67 out of 70. That math is accurate, although yeah. the book digits developer just realized he has to do some work before Jan For 1. For next year, yeah. shit. Yeah, just struck me the other day. And if you follow along on our Twitter, we're going to be posting... <gasps> she found love! And it's snowing! That's fake snow, I think. It's all fake snow. It's so <laughs> fake. And if you follow along on Twitter, we're going to be counting down our top 10 books of the year uh, on book digits in sure. terms of the books with the highest uh, ratings for the year. Get right on that. 2018. Right, babe? Yep. And you can also follow our Instagram at book digits. Yep. Okay. What are we talking about today? We're doing a bit of a threesome today. Like, are we? Well, we're doing a twosome with a... Yeah. With somebody with watching. A, a Some sort of voyeurism thread. kind of thing. Yeah. That's kinky, honey. <laughs> Okay, so this is a Pride and Prejudice week, which next week might be as well, but we'll get to that later. Might be a part two, but Pride and Prejudice adaptations is what we're discussing yeah. today, both film and literary. Right, so we're going to cover a web series. Yep. <laughs> you almost vomited saying that <laughs> word, it seems like. It's my first ever web series. Is it? Yeah. I haven't watched that many, I guess. Um, called Scam. The Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Mm -hmm. We're also going to talk about... Well, you're going to have to look up the author's name. Um, a book called Pride. And in between digesting those two pieces of media, I read the original yes. Pride and Prejudice which I have been by a gal to, named Jane Austen. Which I've been meaning to do for ages, and I always start it and go, oh, this is going to be long, and then it's, I don't. Yeah. It's... E.B. Zaboy. Thank you. Is the author of Pride. Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Like the the uh, the time frames are so so radically different. But reading The Great Gatsby and talking about it on the podcast versus mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice, it's just like, oh, like I I love reading The Great Gatsby. Like I had to slog through Pride and Prejudice. I like stopped reading The Great Gatsby so I could like let some of the quotes sink in. Yeah. Whereas Pride and Prejudice, it's tough to get through the language. It's not really fair to compare them in terms of the centuries that were written. No, that's, that was how I prefaced um, it. Oh, sorry. But uh, my Little Woman, Little Women is the one of mine that I keep starting and going, ugh. Yeah. And the other one that I said, keep saying I'm going to read is Great Expectations. You also have to read Middlemarch. Every woman oh, in history no. has read Middlemarch. You didn't even like that one that much. Don't read that one. Don't make me. Um... Um, I do need to read Great Expectations sometime, but I fucking hate Charles Dickens. It's by Charles Dickens, right? It is. It makes me wonder, though, how many people who claim to be obsessed with Pride and Prejudice are just obsessed with the, movie the adaptations, adaptations. or the ideas of it. Yeah. Because line by line, it's like... The things that they talk about, the way they introduce their dialogue, like, it's like four pages about, you know, one dance move someone made at the ball. Yeah. Like, some of it's painful. Anyways, I think we should talk about Lizzie Bennett first. Okay. Because that was like, did we watch it over like six months? It was like a no, long-term investment. I don't investment. think it was that long. But we like binged the second half of it to be done yeah. with it. But There's yeah, a hundred, it was a, a hundred episodes. Most of them like between four to six minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. 
So what's the math on that? Uh, yeah. Time. Um, <laughs> Ten hours? So Lizzie Bennet Diaries takes place, I guess, in modern day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Well, um, modern day at the time. It was like five years ago now. Right. And so you have a pretty much one-to-one -one relationship from Pride and Prejudice to this cast. Yes. Um, the only things that are different is that Kitty Bennett is literally a cat. Mm -hmm. And Mary Bennett is their cousin. cousin. Because um, I think having five... Which is very smart. There's way too many sisters in the real book. Yes. Which is kind of the joke that like they're never going to be able to marry all these chicks off, I yes. guess. But there's way too many of them. Well, so I think they handled it pretty well. I think that's going to be the theme of this is that... Whether or not Lizzie Bennet Diaries overall is a cohesive or compelling story, I think they did a pretty decent job of modernizing it compared to the book that we'll talk about later. That's true. Um, they did some smart things like making Kitty Bennett an actual cat, which yeah. is a joke, but also keeping that character somewhat. Right. And Mary ends up coming up as a character in parts of it, mm -hmm. keeps some of her role or her um, place. Yeah. But she's a cousin instead. So once again, it's not like another sister to deal with within the family, yeah. the house and everything. Because there's enough in Lizzie Bennet Dyer's three uh, primary sisters. So, so yeah. So Lizzie is, is she in her last year of college? Grad school. Grad school, right. So she's in grad school. She's, uh, for her senior project or senior thesis or whatever, she is making a web series. Because yeah. she's getting a degree in, like, digital communications or something like that. Yeah, I didn't really care about that whole premise. Like, I kind of just wanted it to be, like, a modern, web-focused version. I didn't really care about all the backstory about why she was making the videos. I just wanted to see the videos. So they did um, one for Emma mm -hmm. as well. And um, that one is more just, like, she is um, cataloging her life because she thinks she's great, basically. Yeah. But it's a little bit... They try a little bit less hard to, like, make uh, a purpose for it, and it's kind sure. of... Sure. I think they had to do it with Lizzie Bennet because of... In order to get all the other characters on screen, there had yes. to be a reason And in for order it. for her to then be connected to Pemberley... Yes. She had to be working on something. Like, that was how... That was kind of the plot machination... Whatever. Yeah. So, right. One of, I guess one of my overall complaints with it is that there's, like, about... 15% too much machinations, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Like, in order for it to work and follow the plot, like, they're very, very dedicated to sticking to pretty much the arcs of Austin. Um, but I almost would have rather them take some shortcuts and some yeah. different avenues rather than having each character appear on screen kind of, like, in the order that they appear in the book mm -hmm. and all their dynamics are the same, so... And it's a little bit more obvious in video than it is in book that... Um, certain characters like appear and disappear. Yeah, like Mary's there and then she's gone, and then you have um Fitz uh Fitz gets introduced Fitz. like and then he's just gone. He's in like three videos total. Yeah, and like literally you can tell he is only there to drop the bomb that Darcy was the one who split up Jane and Bing. Right, and then he's out again. Yeah, and like the, I think in the book when you're reading a book it's harder to tell, but when you're watching a video you're like oh yeah what happened to that guy? Yeah, um. So I, I thought some of the ways they modernized it were clever. I thought it was clever that the, the instead of being a marriage proposal for Mr. Collins, uh, I guess I should say spoilers here yeah. for the Lizzie Bennet Diaries specifically, but whatever. The, instead of a marriage proposal from um, Mr. Collins, it was a business proposal. Yeah. 
And I thought that made a lot more sense, the way they worked Definitely. that with Charlotte. Because in the real book, you get to that part, and it's like, did he just ask her to marry her? Like, wait, first of all, he's kind of related to Jane, and all, I mean, related to Lizzie and all the Bennets. Um, which the footnotes in my version say, it's 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 mostly okay that he does this. It's, it's pretty much fine. Yeah. Um, but yes, and then the fact that Charlotte marries him, like, two days after is just a little... Yeah, so in this one it made more sense that it was a business thing, that he was trying to get her to work for him, yeah. and she said no, but then Charlotte actually needed the job. Like, right. that made more sense, and it still made sense for the betrayal part of it, mm -hmm. and why she'd be mad at Charlotte about it. Yeah, Charlotte is is, is probably, like, one of my favorite characters in Lizzie Bennet. Charlotte is, like, really underused in the actual book. Yes. She basically disappears once she goes off and gets married, and even before then, there she's kind of introduced as a close friend, but there's not a ton of dialogue like, or confidential really not showing kind yeah of um but yeah they did a good job with her character she's one of the few characters that think that they drastically changed the role yeah um caroline too actually they seem to bring caroline in a bit more in the, in the yeah. video than what i remember in the books especially later on yeah um i thought that the excuse for going to pemberley as part of like her grad studies mm -hmm. was interesting and an interesting way to force her to get there maybe a little bit on the nose but um, I thought that worked, that worked for me. I didn't care about the grad school stuff, but it worked for me that yeah. as a, as an excuse for her to get there. In the book, um, Darcy, like, professes the fact that he loves her, like, within the first 70 pages. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I, one of my things I've noticed with the web series, watching it again, was that the intro videos are, take up way too much of it. Yeah. I felt like there was, like, 25 videos before like you even meet Bing and Darcy yeah and I know that they needed that a little bit to kind of like set the scene of the modern thing they're doing and like set the, the characters but it was a little draggy because like I I was just watching it with you being like when is the rest of the drama start like there was a yeah. lot at the beginning where it's like this is my friend Charlotte I'm going to grad school da -da 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 -da. here's my sister Jane she's great and I'm like all right but where's the drama whereas like you're saying that happens pretty early on in the book and then this one it takes quite a while. I mean, it still feels as sudden in terms of the Darcy-Lizzie relationship mm -hmm. because, like, they've had a few interactions and most of them she's been annoyed with him and then he's like, oh, yeah, because I'm in love with you and she's like, I don't feel the same way. Get away from me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the the intro videos were... There are too, too many of them, I think, yeah. in the web series. Um, what did you think of the way they did the Lydia scandal? Um, and Wickham and everything. Did you think that was an equivalent modern take in terms of a scandal? Or did you think... So you commented on when I was reading the, the real book about how, like, Lydia's exit is, like, really dramatic and, like... And abrupt, and she's, yeah. like, never seen again. Yeah, and it's kind of confusing, because it's, like, they panic... The family panics that they eloped, but once they find out that they didn't elope and they agree to get married, like, in proper England. Candace Cameron, Burr, hospitalized. The Fuller House star says her brother, Kirk Cameron, ran her over with a go-kart. Breaking what? news. Podcast world. Breaking <laughs> news. Okay, wow. Um, so, like, that part's, like, really unclear. Like, what will meet the satisfaction like, of the society or what the won't. family's honor or whatever. So, yeah. So, it's definitely... I'm glad they didn't try to be that, like, nuanced with it and, like, that confusing. Like, there's just straight up, like, there's nude pics floating around there. A sex tape. Sex straight tape, right. Sex sorry. 
I, yeah, I thought, yeah, no, I'm trying to remember whether I like the Pride book or this got one it, better. Um, oh, right. This, yeah, this scandal was, uh, that was like one of the most dramatic episodes, I think, was not knowing how she was going to react. The acting in the episode, the acting in the whole thing. Web series. They're amateur actors. Yeah. Um, you do know that it was like by Hank Green, right? Don't forget to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that scene in particular was asking too much of these people. Yes, it was written well, and the drama was there, but the actual acting and the crying. I mean, and stuff poor was Lydia is asked for you know sixteen hours of screen time to just be absolutely extra and Noxious. absurd. Yeah, and then they're like, "You got to do this real poignant, heartfelt." When you just burst into tears, yeah. and yeah. So, but anyways, in terms of the plot choice um yeah so i mean wickham they kind of succeed in making him first be sort of um intriguing charming, charming and, and then he turns then, into a bro like a douchebag bro yeah and then you get kind of darcy's view on it yeah um and then he shows his true colors i yeah. guess yeah so yeah and the way that darcy cleans things up is pretty baller in this in yes. Lizzie Bennett, yeah. And once again like connects to his business yeah. and stuff. So that part I think panned out quite well. Yeah. The only part that I didn't um like of that was Gigi was another character who kind of just busts in, has this long emotional plot point that's super important and then it's just like never seen again also. Yeah. Which I I guess that's how it is. In the book she doesn't even tell her own story though, does she? Uh no. Like, she's not on page. No. She's always just referred to as, where's your sister? What's your sister yeah, up to? Yeah, I think it was a strong choice to have her tell it. Mm -hmm. And I liked her character in the videos. She's but cute, But it was a little bit uh, abrupt to have her, like, all of a sudden she's there, and then she's telling this emotional story, and then she's gone. Yeah. Like, they spent fucking 40 episodes building up the sisters and Charlotte and all of that. Mm -hmm. And they spent, like, one and a half episodes building up Gigi before she also had to do, like, a huge emotional story. Yeah. Um, Overall, I know it wasn't your cup of tea specifically, mm -hmm. but what did you think of it as an adaptation and as a web series? Two separate questions. Um, so I guess I'll take the web ser series for thing first. I I hate the jump cuts or the way they do the cuts. What do you mean? Like every sentence is a different cut. I didn't notice you that. You didn't notice that. <laughs> no. Like, that would be like if every sentence I said here, we did a cut and you could hear a break and then I started talking again. I didn't notice that. Every single episode, mm -mm. the camera would cut and she'd reset and be saying the next line. You I noticed never... it a few times, yeah. but not like no, it's that all consistently. The time. Is that because she can't get her lines or? No, it was a style choice, I think. Like as if, as if Charlotte was editing it sloppily? Yes. Yeah. Didn't notice that. Interesting. Um, you didn't notice the music in Black Panther. I'm still not over that. So I don't know, like, what would be the right pace to watch this at, I guess. It didn't... Even when we were binging it, I wasn't like, oh, we have to keep going. Do you think watching it weekly as it was as it came out? So it came out weekly. One a week? Well, every... No, sorry. Maybe two a week. Maybe yeah. it was Monday, Wednesday. I don't actually remember now. It I was either like, one to... It was one to two a week. Maybe it was two a week. When we would take a week off from it, I would feel like a little bit lost and kind of out of it. I watched I it. Don't know. I watched like the first 40 or 50 maybe all in, all 
not not in one sitting, but yeah. I watched them when they were Pretty already rapidly. published. And then, like, I had to wait for the, like, second half of them. Like That was probably the smart way to do it, where you kind of, like, have it all built up and then look forward to them. Yes, like, you push through all that intro stuff, Mm. and then you wait for the more cliffhangery ones as the drama builds. Yeah. So, yeah, it certainly didn't, like, the genre didn't, like, yeah. But it didn't, like, it didn't totally bore you towards the end. Were you interested in seeing how they adapted certain parts of it, or were you just kind of, like, whatever? Yeah, no, I was still interested all the way to the end. Because at one point you told me your favorite book was Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I don't think I ever honestly believed that. You're one of those people? Yeah, and but I have very good reason. Because the characters' names are Bennett. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I always had to feel an attachment to it. Yeah. Um, Isn't that the reason your name is always spelled wrong, though? Don't you blame Tom Partially, yeah. One thing that I guess bugs me about it is that if it is truly modern, so much of their life and gossip and stuff would happen over phones and internet. It did. So there was... Mm, there uh, was other stuff that you could There was other read. stuff that there was like uh, addendums or whatever you want to call mm. it. Like Lydia had her own videos. Gigi had her own videos. There was Instagrams and Twitters. I don't actually know if Instagram was around, but it might have just been Twitter. It's almost kind but, of like a um, Illuminae in terms of a hodgepodge of different... Yes, a, mm. a visual Illuminae kind yeah. of thing. Because there was Twitters about them that they posted pictures like in between the episodes. I mean, the amount of work that went into it is awe-inspiring. I'll give them that for sure. Yeah, and it did get a lot of views. And um, it was... Pride and Prejudice is obviously a story that's kept up its interest for however many hundreds of years it's been. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting take on it for sure. And they, yeah, they did Emma too, which wasn't quite as good. There's just not enough characters. Yeah, Emma was mostly... Emma, mm-hmm. and then what's-his-face, the guy that, uh, like, she is friends with and then ends up falling in love with, and then some of her clients. She was, like, a, a life coach person. Mm-hmm. And that one was not quite as good. The okay. acting was maybe, the production value, I think, was a little bit better, but um, overall, it kind of had some of the same problems, or some of it dragged, and some of it was too fast, and, and whatever. Have you ever watched a real person's weblog? Vlog, I mean? Um, not consistently. Hmm. Watched a few here and then that have come up and it's like, oh, you have to watch so-and-so's video about this. Do you think if you but... were, like, a, um, a regular vlog viewer, you would have liked it or not liked it because it was kind of parroting it? I think you would have liked it because they, they, the questions I think were actual, Q, like, they did Q&As that I think mm-hmm. were actual questions. Yeah. Um, and they did them pretty much real time and responded to comments and tweets kind of in real time and stuff. So that was very like method acting. Like mm. they had a lot of media to go with it. Yeah. Um, so I think you would have liked it. It was, it seemed like it was really immersive. I personally like did not have time for that shit for like following along with the Twitter. And like, that's just like a little asking a little bit too much for me. Yeah. Like, unless it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. I mean, seems, as like, a, a lot rule, to keep up with. I'm pretty sure as a rule, I hate expanded universes or expanding universes. You were just talking about that with the Spider-Man, ca- Spider-Verse. Yeah. I'm a canon boy. That's um, why you don't like fan fiction too? Probably. And, and why I absolutely hate JK Rowling now. Fucking JK. I know, babe. Like she could have, she had it locked she up. She just bathed it in her money for the rest of her life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
book two just telling me that I need to go read the screenplay that she wrote. For the second one? Has anybody one? been talking about Fantastic Beasts after the reviews um, came out? Some, no one's some people. Has anyone seen it in the last week? No some one. People. No one. All right, any other Lizzie Bennett thoughts? We're going to talk about the parents more in relation to the second book, so I'll save that. Okay. The, I mean, the other thing is that... <sighs> Get it out. Pride and Prejudice is a... It's not a funny book. It is a humorous book, I guess. It's it's like tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, especially given the society that it was written in. And that and it was written was by, written by. Woman. Yeah. yeah. It's a little more like cutting... Yeah. Or tongue-in-cheek than it is, like, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, like, I didn't, I don't remember laughing out loud. And that's one of my things about, I can't really love a, something that's supposed to be comedic if I don't laugh out loud. Okay. Yeah. But was it supposed to be comedic? I think it was supposed to be light, but I don't necessarily know that it was meant to be comedic. Some parts were. I guess so. Hmm. Okay. Let's move on to the second half. I don't, if you didn't like that, I don't know if you're going to like Scam. I'm still... I, you, I know you keep thinking I'm going to forget about Scam eventually. I think I'll love it. Um, it's a different style for sure because it's more like a mockumentary. But it also has like... It also like came out <clears throat> a couple times a week and had tweets and stuff that went along with it. And it's meant to be immersive. We'll see. Okay. So you mentioned this book on the podcast a while back. Yes. There was one that I said I was looking forward to readings. I'd seen about it on... Twitter, maybe, and um, it was a modern take on Pride and Prejudice. And at the written... time, I think we said, this sounds fantastic, it will probably be a letdown. And yeah. I think that held true. Held true. So it's um, written by a black author from Brooklyn, I believe. She from is New York, a mixed background. From New York. Yeah, definitely from New York. Um, like I said, EB's a boy. Yep. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, how do you say Latin X? What is that? Do you know what that is? Can you explain it to me? Huh? Latin X. Latinx? Yes. It's like Latina or Latino, but uh -huh. Latinx. Because you, say, you say it like that, you think? I think so. Hmm. Well, if it goes by Latina and Latino. Yeah. I don't think it's Latinx. Latinx. Okay. That would be how you pronounce it with Spanish pronunciation. Because in Spanish, it's meant to be that, uh... If you don't know the gender or if it's mm. mixed gender, you pronounce it as a male gender, which is a little bit annoying. If there are a hundred female students and one male student in the group, you would refer to them as Latinos, mm. um, which is very frustrating. Sure. Or if it's, if it's mixed, it's, you know, if it's any sort of mixed, it's Latinos. So I think it's meant to be, if you don't know the gender or meant to be a more gender uh, neutral version of Latino or Latina. Understood. You can proceed now. Okay. Was that in the book or that was that just random? Um, in some of, some of what I was reading about the book that was mentioned, it was called the Latinx narrator. Latinx. Latinx. Sorry, yeah. I can't say it. Okay. Um, yeah, so the narrator is Zuri. No, Pride is written first person. Pride and Prejudice is not. Is that why I didn't like it as much? I don't like first person generally unless you it's really good. You don't like first person? I love first no. person. It's yeah, the whole point of, of writing and reading is get getting inside someone's here. head. We're going to call this episode plus deal breakers. Get out of here. <laughs> <sighs> no. Um, I, I think 
it's very easy to have a very bad first-person point of view. That's probably true. And I think I've read a lot of bad YA first-person. Like, I think a YA thing is to, like, have it be, like, a first-person teenager, and they're so fucking annoying, like, 80% of the time. I'm with you on that. Like, even Hunger Games and stuff. Oof, yeah. Not great. All right, tell us more about Pride. <sighs> um, so it's uh, the perspective of Zuri. Yep. First person, apparently. Um, the best first person is when I don't notice it's first person. Hmm. Would you disagree with that? Probably probably true. When it doesn't jump out at you that yeah. it's first person. Um, so it's told from the perspective of Zuri. She is um, a senior in high school. Yeah, just about. And Or going into senior year. And she has lived in the same apartment in Brooklyn. A neighborhood of Brooklyn. Uh, a yeah. specific neighborhood of Brooklyn. Uh, with her sisters. Her three sisters? So she Four has sisters. the elder one for sure. And then twins. I think there are five in this twins, one as well. Twins and then the other one that yeah. lives money. Yeah. Um, and they live in the same apartment. She's really, really proud of her neighborhood. Pride. Mm -hmm. She's really proud of her neighborhood. Um, and of her family and what they've built. And then across the street, someone has knocked down uh, an old set of apartment buildings and built this, like, McMansion mm -hmm. um, that's very out of place in the neighborhood that they're in. Like, doesn't really fit in with the neighborhood and is very gentrifying-y. And so I immediately go, well, it's a white family, so that's what this book's going to be about. It wasn't, though. Twist! It was a black family, but not from the hood. Like a black the uppity. family. British from, black mom, I think it was. Yeah, British black mom, uppity black grandma that you meet later in the book. Mm. And um, just they don't even really try to fit in with the neighborhood that they're in. Mm -hmm. And they kind of seem like they're better than the rest of the neighbors. So in this uh, adaptation, Bing and Darcy, Darcy are brothers. Are brothers. Yep. Um, and there's no Caroline, is there? No, there's... Uh, yeah, the girlfriend. Sort oh, of right, girlfriend. the girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you have the Darcys moving in across the street. Mm -hmm. The two gents. Yes. You get some immediate tension. Love tension, but also kind of like clash tension. Yes. And some prejudice. Class tension, I should say, as yes. well. Um, and she automatically makes a judgment about them because they're not from her neighborhood. They don't seem to respect the neighborhood. Yeah. So the plot sort of follows the novel. Kind of, but in a way that makes me feel like the author didn't actually understand the original novel. Well, you said, and I think it said it as well in the, uh, the acknowledgments or whatever, that she had started working on the book as a, as a regular novel. And couldn't figure out kind of what tied it together. Like, she had ideas of characters in a neighborhood and situations, but didn't really have, like, a, a overall plot or theme. Mm -hmm. So she was like, oh, well, I'll use Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, and you but can it feels feel kind of shoehorned in, as yes, they say. It does. I What I found is that a lot of the major plot points that are like the climax in Pride and Prejudice and were in Lizzie Bennet as well yeah. are skated over. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, Lydia's at a party with Wickham, and, and one time he took dirty pictures of someone, and they go and they're like, oh, phew, we found her. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. Like, it, it's very frustrating because it just doesn't seem, it seems like she stole some of the characters and, um, 
character situations and yeah. stuff, but wasn't actually loyal to the plot. Like, she picked and chose what she was going to be loyal to. Definitely. And what she was just going to breeze over because it didn't fit in with the rest of her plans. Right. So it, it almost feels like it would have been better to, like, not worry about making the names line up and stuff and, like, kind of kind of disguise the Pride and Prejudice elements and maybe use that to tie it together a little bit. But, yeah, it just doesn't really mesh together because it's not true to the book, but it's not really its own story. Yeah, it's somewhere in between and it doesn't really work as either. And my biggest problem is that there was obviously what the author's favorite character um the author's favorite character was from that original idea that she had that didn't fit yeah. into Pride and Prejudice because there's this one character that's like the aunt or the neighbor or something. Right. And she seems to be like the emotional um, linchpin of yeah. the whole novel. And she's not... There's fit no in connection. At no. All. I, I was reading Jane Austen and I was like, oh yeah, when is this like grandmother-esque character next door neighbor going to come, come into play? And Never. it's like, no. Never. And, like, and it's the, not that... Uh, Zuri in this book, she has both her parents, so it's not like it's a missing parent or anything. No, it just I think it's just an idea that the author was holding on to that gave it like a neighborhood feel. She had like or... a religious... Um, yeah, and it just didn't seem to fit well. with the tone of the rest of the novel, and it just didn't work as part of a Pride and Prejudice plot. That's something that an editor should have told her, like, save that for a different book, Sure, because it doesn't work. Uh, and if uh, she didn't have enough for the book without that, then that's its own problem. I also took issue with the parent parental display, both in Lizzie Bennet and here, because the parents are, I think, probably the best part of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, because they are the ones that are written as almost satires. Or oh, yeah. The mom or... is just so absurd, and the dad is so sarcastic and so biting in his subtle side comments. Yeah, and in Lizzie Bennet's diaries, and they handle it by having it be off screen and having the mom be kind of like a annoying accent a joke, almost like yeah. Big Bang Theory, where like the mom yells from the background, but it's never on screen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the dad is sorely missed in both. I would say. Yeah. His kind of wry humor. That is the humor that you found that you were missing. I think. Yeah. Or that they tried to replace that with a different type of humor that doesn't work for the story. Right. Um, so yeah, my biggest problem with it, other than some inconsistent characterizations and kind of inconsistent choices and, and emotions, is that the emotional crux of the novel is based on a character that doesn't fit in with the Pride and Prejudice um, aspects. Yeah. So I know one of your issues with it was that you felt like that uh, Zuri was actually more like Darcy. Like, the pride versus prejudice you seem to struggle with? I just struggled with the narrator in general. Yeah. I don't know if... Is moody the right word? I'm not sure. She just... Her logic was sometimes difficult was very, to follow. She was very volatile. Yes. Like, she seems like she it. felt everything very strongly. Yes. And made a very strong opinion about it. And then ten, chap ten pages later, totally flipped and was very strong about the opposite side. And that... That sort of lines up with Elizabeth in some ways. Like, she hates Darcy and she's going to stick to that. But with this, it was her feelings about everything. But yeah, she hates him, she loves him. She hates him, she loves him. Like, she hates this, she... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the worst scene to me in the book, uh, in Pride, was the party scene where she's there yeah. with Darcy 
And that's that ends up being where the Lydia stuff comes in. But before that even happens, it's a party with like a bunch of white people, I guess. From his school. Yeah, because Darcy goes to a white school and Darcy starts dancing to a hip hop song and she goes, How can you be doing that? How can you be dancing? That's not the real you. Now, she's only hung out with him twice so yeah. far, but she's telling him who he is. Yeah, and also, like, I, we are obviously not black and cannot talk about those types of issues, but I've read in other books and stuff about, like, code switching, like, how um, you act differently depending on the society that you're in, sure. and, like, that was in The Hate You Give was a big premise of that book, too, was that, or a big part of that book, I should say, was that she acted differently at her school. Poncho is sweltering now. <laughs> you were cold. Whew. That she acted one way at her school because of the environment that she was in and acted a different way with other people in her neighborhood and at home. And it seemed like Zuri just like completely did Had not understand no, yeah. that. No, could not possibly understand that he would act differently about around his white friends from school than he did when he was like in their neighborhood in Brooklyn. Right. And maybe that's just, maybe that is part of the thing is she she's like, you should be yourself all the time. It shouldn't matter. But she seemed to react very strongly to that. Yeah. It's like, dude, you don't even know him. Yeah. And just how, how insular, insular she was about her house and her family and her community. Like it feels very small. Yeah. And I think that's the point is it's supposed to feel like Brooklyn is this, or that their neighborhood of Brooklyn is this very tight knit community. And I'm sure that it is, mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like everything was about her specific apartment. Right, and it was hard, to, I guess it was just a little bit hard to cheer for her because she was so against new people and new ideas and... And it also didn't seem like there was anything pushing the plot along. Yeah. Like in... She was getting ready to go to college and applying for college, which I'm usually a sucker. I love school plays and I love prepping for college. You've got to read Picture Us in the Light then. Okay, a lot about prepping for college. Uh, and yeah, this was like, there was like a college subplot, but it wasn't really prominent. And yeah, there was just but some like, missed opportunities. In, in, in uh, Pride and Prejudice, mm -hmm. the thing that pushes the plot forward is like the mom needs them to get married. Right. And somebody like, and then uh, Mr. Collins proposes. And like that part was there's really- There's urgency, yeah. Yeah, there's urgency, exactly. There, there felt like there was no urgency in this book. No. And that made it seem like all of her- rash emotions and decisions and stuff like didn't make any sense they were out right. of context because there wasn't that urgency pushing everything that's through. a very good point so i think yeah it was missing that urgency and missing that kind of uh overarching plot and it tried to use pride and prejudice in ways that were convenient and just skipped over a, a bunch of the other plot points yeah and at the end of the day you're supposed to get to the last you know the end of the book and be like over the moon thrill that they're getting together and in this case the relationship yeah. they sort of had a meet cute but not even really and it just yeah, yeah. it didn't there was no no uh, sizzle no sizzle no hearts yeah. pounding and love flying and whatever phrase i'm trying to think <laughs> of so yeah i just don't think it was very cohesive and the characters didn't really jump off the page i wanted it to be so good though I know, me too that's why i talked about it on the podcast before uh. like it just sounded like what we needed like a more modern like uh racially Whoa. diverse <laughs> version of pride and prejudice and it just kind of fell flat okay i guess we should leave it at that all right, do you have any upcoming things? I have this has so many. Be, oh no, me too. <laughs> okay, to rapid fire, episode. ping pong style. Okay, you start. I'll serve first. 
Uh, Toy Story 4 mentioned last week. Oh. Going to be terrible, but Keanu Reeves potentially has a role. That could be interesting. Could make it worse. Maybe. Um, Call Me By Your Name sequel? Ah, you stole one of mine. It's like, <laughs> bingo. Yeah, that's terrible. Like he's writing a sequel? Are yeah. they then going to do a movie? Uh, okay, go. Um, Roll Doll is now owned by Netflix, so they have the rights oh, to do no. all those stories. Oh, no. Um, the sequel to Handmaid's Tale? Ah, <laughs> the Testament. The Testament. Once again, another sequel that the author is writing just because it did well as a TV series. And the second season did not get nominated for any Golden Globes except for like Are we gonna watch one actress. It doesn't seem like we need to. Um, is she doing it because she had to write it for the TV show anyway? Or is it going to be totally different she from was. it? Uh, Happy Death Day to You, new trailer out. Supposed to be actually pretty pretty good. Are we gonna see it? Sure. I didn't mind the first one. Yeah. It was. I don't usually like any sort of Halloween movies, but it was just Horror the right movies, level. Yeah. It was just the right level of like. Yeah, it was perfect. Jump scares and stuff, but it was like a YA. Yeah. Movie in the end. Um, Dear Evan Hansen movie. Movie. Mm. With the Broadway people or no? No, like a movie movie. Being just being thought of, not in production. In production. I still don't understand in, your evidence, I don't think and I've had you try to explain We're going to see it in May. You're going to get me pres okay. uh, presents, tickets for presents. My last one, uh, Between Two Ferns is becoming a Netflix movie. Unclear how or what? why or what. Are the ferns going to be sentient? <laughs> you know what Between Two Ferns is. With, with Zach uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Galifianakis. Yeah. I always want to say Zach Brown brand. <laughs> um, oh, that's why I was asking where the fern is going to be sentient otherwise how is that going to be a movie you oh never laugh gosh. at my jokes anymore um, the dumpling movie dumpling mm -hmm. it's based on a book about a fat girl that enters a pageant I feel like and I know it's going to be a Netflix movie and Jennifer Aniston is her like ridiculous I'm on board. but hot mom I'm on board um we'll have to watch it I'll see. I haven't actually read the book but uh, the movie looked interesting the main the girl that they cast as the main character um, mm -hmm. was pretty compelling so and the last <sighs> one what you got that movie about Steve Carell Ma uh, Marple Mar welcome to Marvin Marvin yeah can I stop seeing trailers who do I it's have to pay for you. it's not for who us who do I have to pay to stop seeing it's not for anybody it's what some was the sort movie? of like female the savior nonsense where it's like the I don't know. I don't like it. What was the other movie when he was a sad, screwed up man with dolls? The dinner party one? Dinner, dinner for with, Schmucks. Yeah. <clears throat> this one seems rats. to be a little bit more nuanced. I don't know. But is it? it yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you and I hate all typical Christmas movies. That's like not a Christmas supposed, movie. It's supposed to be like a heartwarming one you oh, go to see in like December. Oh, like with your family Friday. or something? I like Theory of Everything was one we saw at the holidays. Yeah, it was okay. It was like... Um... But yeah, I don't know. I want to see the Nutcracker one this year. Sure. That's more my type of holiday movie. Alright, so we'll say goodbye for now. We'll come back with a little Christmas treat. You you treat might say it's a, could be a hallmark of our <laughs> podcast. Good one. You We're very could be waiting, prideful of you it. You could be waiting a <laughs> lifetime for it. Um, yeah, we will be coming back with a bonus Christmas episode. Um that's kind of a continuation or an addendum of this episode. Yeah. Uh, so look out for that uh, sometime between now and Christmas. Um, but as always, thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye. Oh, and follow us on Twitter at DD Get Down. Bye.
You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, earth, get down, whoa, whoa, get down, earth, get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down. Get down.